Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live, where we keep you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. I'm Jeff C., and I want to let you guys know we talk with industry experts like Michaela today, innovators, creators, and storytellers about the latest social media tool tips and tactics, and we broadcast live so you can ask the questions that matter most to you and your business. But I want to introduce my awesome co-host, Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher is the uh, host of the long-running Beyond the To-Do List podcast. He's been doing it for over eight years, and he talks with real people who implement practical productivity strategies. I've been practicing that, Eric, in professional and their personal lives. So Eric is also the director of social media education for Agora Pulse, where he heads up the social media manager school. Eric, Tell us a little bit about this school that you're headmaster of. Yeah, head, I don't know if headmasters. Yeah, I probably almost need an extra title for that. But right. uh, what we're doing over there is we're providing social media managers, whether you're starting off or you're been around for a while, we are providing free and paid social media training for you or your team. And you got to jump in and check it out. In fact, we're starting up some free webinars that we're moving on with uh, an ongoing series of webinars. And you can even, so you can go to socialmediamanagerschool.com or socialmediamanagerschool.com slash courses slash live live webinars. I almost said live webinars. That would be a whole other thing. (laughs) That's strange. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Very, very cool. So also I want to let you guys know all this cool stuff you see going on right now. I couldn't be done without my sponsors. Ecamm, if you want to find out how to do really cool live videos like this and you're on a Mac, you need to check them out. Go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M. So I wanted to, I'm so excited to have our guest. I've been wanting to have her on for a while. I want to introduce you to Michaela Alexis, and we're going to be talking to her about using LinkedIn today as a powerful networking and brand building tool. And if you don't know who Michaela is, she is a uh, LinkedIn expert and a LinkedIn creator who helps businesses and audiences shine on LinkedIn. She's a LinkedIn trainer, professional speaker, and co-author of the book, Think Video, Smart Video Marketing and Influencing. Michaela, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. I feel like I'm finally getting less nervous around you guys. I think the first time I remember, I was like sweating through my sweater. And then today I'm feeling like more chill. So hopefully we'll get some, we'll have a good conversation. I get nervous all the time. So, well, it's, it's Eric. He's really kind of, he's he's kind of, he's he's intimidating. Yeah, he really is. I make it awkward. (laughs) So this first piece of news that that I want to get you guys uh, to talk about, because 
we get away from this awkward conversation, but LinkedIn shares this, this new data insights for 2021. LinkedIn had published some new usage stats and it was stating its case for increased focus and investment in 2021. And a couple key points of notes were that professionals are signing up for LinkedIn at a rate of nearly three new members per second. And there are 2.9 million groups on LinkedIn, which include like industry and interest communities, company and university alumni groups and professional associations. And this is what's really cool. So LinkedIn live streams have increased 89% since 89% since March. And Member engagement is stronger than ever. They have 6.3 million users that attended virtual events on LinkedIn in 2020. There's been 55% more uh, conversations between members from March uh, 2019 to March 2020. So, Michaela, I want to ask you, while the the focus of LinkedIn has long been business to business and, and networking, it's also gaining ground in these other areas like live video and virtual events. And there's all these, uh, there's more opportunities that are happening for brand outreach and connections. So what should users prioritize in their strategy for 2021? Should they get on new things or should they just, you know, keep doing their same old thing on LinkedIn? What, What are you telling people? Yeah, I mean, I love seeing the shift from people just thinking of LinkedIn as strictly like this B2B platform to really starting to think about, how they can, as a B2C company, if they're trying to do outreach to employee professionals, that's where they're hanging out. They're on LinkedIn. Actually, I have a client of mine and it's a wine company. And initially they came to me because they were thinking like investors, partners, uh, retailers, which makes sense. But then we started talking a little bit more. I'm like, well, who's your target audience? And they said, well, millennial women, um, you know, after a work day, I'm like, well, millennial women after the work day, they're all on LinkedIn. So we've created a strategy that incorporates both the B2C, but also the B, uh, or sorry, the B2B, but also the B2C. And so it's really, really been fun to watch that shift happen and help companies where I can kind of figure out the strategy for LinkedIn. Um, In terms of priorities, I think you know it's like every other platform. There's always going to be a new feature that's being rolled out and LinkedIn is like releasing new features. It almost feels like every week right now. And it really comes down to a who are you trying to reach and how do you best reach them so for myself you know i have my personal style things that i'm comfortable with and i always want to make sure when i'm using linkedin that i'm enjoying using linkedin so we could talk about live video and Mm -hmm. and video in general and of course it's always going to be there's so many benefits when it comes to video of having this face-to-face interaction especially during a pandemic when people are kind of hungry for that interaction but at the same time I'm also a big believer in really playing to your strengths. So for me personally, I really prefer writing, but also having like these photos that go along with the story. But I'm also really into uh, LinkedIn stories right now because I really like that more casual, candid uh, content. You know, I was just talking to you guys earlier about the bat that flew into my office and how everything (laughs) was all over the floor. And that was one of my recent... LinkedIn stories. So it's, it's allowed me to share my personality, share what's going on in my life and also have those like very 
candid, casual conversations in my inbox. Um, so LinkedIn Stories is something that I personally am really, really excited about. I know a lot of people are really excited about polls. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for polls. There's so many ways you can use it, whether it's to start up conversation, um, market research. That's a big thing, especially if you're in the marketing world, rather than putting together a white paper or a course, that's a great way to kind of figure out what your audience is actually challenged with in that moment, or if that idea of that bigger piece of content is actually something that they're looking for. Um, so I've seen a lot of people doing those. The one thing that I will say with polls that I've seen, I mean, initially everybody was just trying out the feature. Mm -hmm. The ones that do really well are the ones that are like irresistible questions. It's not like, um, you know, would you buy this white or would you buy this white paper or are you interested in this course? But it's really those like irresistible because the problem, I don't want to say the problem, the, the differentiation between LinkedIn and other platforms in some ways is that it's a more passive platform. People right. will go on and kind of scroll through their feed. They're less inclined necessarily to comment or share. Um, they might send you a private message though. I get a whole bunch of private messages more so than on other platforms. Um, so polls are really great in terms of creating those conversations and pulling people out of lurking mode, but it's gotta be questions that they really want to answer. So things like, um, you know, one of the ones that I did was how do you take your coffee, right? Like really, really simple, but like give a couple options and then ask, you know, if it's something else, put it in the comments below. So give people a few options, but also give them the opportunity if they want to, to also leave a comment, I think is the best way to approach it. That was a really like, kind of like dorky, um, example. <laughs> but there are lots no. of questions that people are interested you know like even like you know where do you work from home is it in an office is it in your living room in your basement away from your kids like there are so many ways to approach this but really make it so that people will really want to answer it not just for the sake of putting out a poll so polls i'm really excited about linkedin stories i'm really excited about i really love the idea of linkedin events and i don't see a lot of people talking about them but even if you're doing you know you just mentioned how popular linkedin lives are right now well coupling that with a linkedin event where people can be notified when you go live i think is important because we're we're all over the place right people's days are so jumbled they're trying to manage kids and you know dogs and working out and doing all these things all at once so i think having those reminders is really great and also to build community before and after a live event so um i did one event where i was Doing a LinkedIn Live, I was interviewing Chris Voss, who wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. Oh, yeah. And before the event, I actually went in and you can create polls in those events. So I asked, like, uh, you know, how would you rate your negotiation skills? Um, what's the one thing that you struggle with when it comes to negotiating? I would ask all these really fun questions. And that helped me kind of cater my conversation with Chris during the live session. And then they were able to kind of jump back into the event after um, the live stream and talk about their feelings behind it. So I think that's something that, especially if you're running any sort of events off of LinkedIn or a LinkedIn live, that's something that you might want to consider. Mm, those are great points. Yeah. Yeah. Michaela, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you talk about the feed and I've seen a lot of people get overwhelmed in terms of creating content as well as curating LinkedIn content. And so if you're, if you're looking to create or develop a personal brand for yourself and stand out in the industry, 
what are some of the ways that, I mean, you've given us some examples already, but what are some ways that we can stand out? And is there a certain kind of, you know, amount of times we should be posting per day or per week? Or should we go with, uh, hey, just when you come up with something that's of high enough quality? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a mix of both, right? If you're just kind of posting for consistency sake, um, it doesn't always work out super great. I, you know, I'm a big believer in kind of like speaking directly from the heart and, and sharing things that you're passionate about. So I'm a little bit different in that sense. When it comes to my company page, though, I, I you know, consistency is really key. So I spend, you know, at the beginning of the month, I'll create all my posts, I'll reshare some of the posts that are doing well. So I do have a more kind of strict strategy with that. Um, but in terms of what people should be posting, I think where people kind of um, struggle with LinkedIn content is that there's this idea that it needs to be this very polished, like everything's got to be perfect. Your lighting has to be perfect. Your message has to be perfect. You've got to have like 10 years in the field of the thing that you're talking about. <laughs> and really, it's not it, it's not like that at all. Um, it's a lot more casual than what people might think. And I think, and I might have mentioned this um, to you guys before, but I always like to think of LinkedIn as like the world's largest networking event, right? Over right. 700 million users. So I imagine myself going into that networking event and having conversations. So I will actually use sometimes if I have Zoom calls, like those like Zoom calls that you have with like your industry buddies or your clients, sometimes I have something that we talk about or something that I say during those conversations that I'm like, I need to talk about that on LinkedIn, right? Mm. And so kind of taking stock of the conversations that you're having off of LinkedIn are usually the things that people care about on LinkedIn too, right? We like to think that our, our struggles and our challenges are like super, like spe only special people problems. But the reality is that there's like millions of other people that are going through <laughs> that exact same thing. And so sometimes, and it doesn't just have to be challenges. It can also be these realizations or these lessons that you're learning throughout your workday or your work week. So, and actually my friend, Judy, who is another uh, LinkedIn trainer, she always talks about LinkedIn as like a workplace. And I also like that kind of mindset as well, right? It's like, if you were to go into a workplace, you know, even if you weren't in the same department as that person, you might talk about things like the podcast that you were listening to on the way to work. You might talk about a book that you were reading or a show that you're really into or, you know, a client issue that you had and how you overcame that. So I think that's another really great way to kind of look at content. And I find that most of the time, just kind of reimagining what LinkedIn actually is, the purpose of LinkedIn helps people to create that content that is more conversational because really that like that word is key. Is it conversational enough? Because that's what people are looking for on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I wanted to circle back because one, I nerded out when you said his name, because I loved his book, Chris Foss, uh, when you were talking yeah. about, because we're, you know, we, we mentioned that in this news article that they were talking about how this, there's been explosion on LinkedIn live and we're actually streaming to LinkedIn live right now, but on a strategy for, is it, is it, have you found what works best for LinkedIn lives? Is it doing those interview shows where you bring up somebody who like Chris Voss is a industry expert and you interview them and provide value that way? Or is it better to do like just a talking head kind of periscope ish? Like, you know, I'm just talking to the camera. Yeah. Have you found out what works best for a LinkedIn live content? I have seen, and I'm going to talk more on like the company side of things, mm -hmm. but I have seen 
LinkedIn lives used in so many different ways. I have seen, you know, Microsoft will go live, not so much anymore because everything is virtual, but when they were running their annual conference, they would go live for two hours, two plus hours. And at the end of their conference, they talk about all the new products, right? So it was a great way to involve people that couldn't necessarily buy the airfare and like get into the conference and all that stuff, um, but also have them stick around for all those hours because they were there because they wanted to find out about the new product. So I thought that was really clever. Um, I've personally used LinkedIn Lives in a few different ways. I really like the interview style because I find it's just more dynamic. And especially now when people are kind of missing that work place atmosphere it's nice to kind of listen into conversations but at the same time if you have like an important message something that you really want to share i certainly think that um talking head videos can work um i've also done contests right like so i will post i did one thing where um I created a LinkedIn post where I asked people to share a a challenge where they've had to demonstrate, um, what was it? It was self-confidence. Right. And then a week later, I chose the winner of that that contest and they won a pair of shoes, but I went live on LinkedIn to share the winner. So people had to kind of tune in to figure out who won the contest. So I think there's a lot of different creative ways. it's just making sure that you don't like, I've seen this too, where people go live and they're like almost surprised that they're live. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait. Um, Ooh, I hit the button. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, wait, here, people are here. And uh, I guess we're going to just talk about the other thing that I see too, that people do wrong is that they are like, okay, uh, we've got Michaela here. She's this industry expert, but we're going to wait five minutes um, to right. so that more, more people come on. Number one, it's kind of saying that, you know, if, there's five people there that's not enough for you when really that should be important. And the other thing is that I have noticed that there are a lot of people that watch the replays, especially when it's somebody like if you have a, you know, an interview with an industry expert that that person really admires, but they're working that at that time, they're going to watch the replay. So if you're watching a replay and the first five minutes are like, just two people kind of staring at each other like awkwardly it's not it's not going to be the 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 greatest right so that would be like the two things is like don't go live for the sake of going live i know people get excited when they get access because it's still kind of like this novel thing especially if you haven't used it Mm -hmm. but right now we're past that phase of that being acceptable because it's been around for so long that people have developed expectations of there being real true value right off the get-go um so make sure that you have a purpose you know for those that are and you guys are great at being on the fly but you still have like your talking points right, right? and Hopefully, so yeah. something like having like the talking points having some sort of outline even using a script like if you're doing a talking head video the only way that i would use a talking head video would be if i had some sort of teleprompter app because mm-hmm. i know that i'm going to get on live the nerves are going to get to me i'm going to see somebody's name and get distracted like something's going to happen where i'm just going to go off on a tangent and i want it be it to be really tight because that's what people are looking for that like tight information in condensed doses um so i would say make sure that you have you know if you're not great on the fly i'm certainly not have a script use a teleprompter app have all the tools that are going to help you get prepped um but 
I, I think I went off. I actually went off on a tangent talking about not going off on a tangent, which is Those, very <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I wanted to bring up this this question from somebody who is watching in one of our groups. She, yeah. she goes, I've totally forgot that LinkedIn has changed and there are so much more to do there. I need to hang out more over there. One of the things um, I wanted to bring up for this next question is like, how do you personally balance, you know, the time you need mm. to spend on LinkedIn with growing your other channels for your business, like, you know, LinkedIn or, or YouTube? I know you even do cool stuff over on TikTok. How do you balance all that stuff? <laughs> um, get distracted, um, <laughs> learn hard lessons, and then, you know, kind of refine. And I think that's just marketing in general. That's that's the reality is you have to experiment, figure out what your capacity is and kind of narrow it down, right? I don't, I think, is it the Marie Kondo, like where you have to like take everything right. out to see Spark what you joy. have and then, and then figure out what sparks joy for you? I think the same thing is true for, for social media. I think sometimes you have to try the the things, you know, even for me right now, I'm doing clubhouse, but I am still of the mindset that it is not for introverts, but I'm still going in. I'm spending a little bit of time trying to figure out if it's the right place for me. Um, and then at a certain point, I'm going to take stock of what I'm already doing and figure out which channels make the most sense for me. So there's, there's, it's kind of two factors, what sparks joy for you, but also where are your customers hanging out? number one but also where are they in the right mindset right because we could say facebook has so many people on there so that should be where you hang out but if you're if your ideal customer is on there because they want to interact with their cousins that live across across the globe then maybe that's not the best place for you to spend your your energy but if that same ideal customer is on linkedin during their workday and they are prepped to learn, connect and grow and potentially buy from you, then that might be a better space for you. And sometimes it surprises you. Like TikTok, I have gotten so many leads from and so many opportunities from, and that was never the intention. I was just experimenting with it, having fun with it, and it ended up being this really great channel. So I think try the things, figure out where your customers are, figure out the mindset of your customers when they're in that space, and then kind of narrow it down from there. Mm, but it's advice. hard, isn't it? The it FOMO is. is so real. I wish I had a good answer to this other than, you know, even when you do narrow it down, there's just always going to be those temptations. And even for me, like I see people that do really great things with um, video and I hear people all the time that tell me to go on YouTube and I, I could, but really, you know, my, my passion really lies with writing. That's really what I like to do. I've been doing that since 2016 and I come alive when I do that. And I think that you should do whatever you come alive the most with. I know that sounded, that got like really like woo woo, but <laughs> it's true, right? We have to enjoy what we're doing. Right. That's very, very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Yes. Do you, Michaela, do you have any advice for people who, uh, are approaching LinkedIn as an employee of a company because I know many people yeah. they only fire up you know they only do LinkedIn when they're actively looking for need, their next job LinkedIn. and yes. you know and I think what are they missing out on by only going about it in that way? Okay, so <laughs> this sounds funny because I started LinkedIn as a job seeker, but my advice is don't use LinkedIn just when you need LinkedIn. It's kind of like that friend where you see like their name come up on your phone and you're like, because uh, you know that every time they call you, they want something from you. And the same thing is true with LinkedIn. If you are just going on the platform when you want something from other people, it's just not going to work well. It's kind of, again, let's use that mindset of like, 
the world's largest networking event. If you're going around shanking people with your business card, well, you know, maybe you'll get one or two opportunities, but you're going to get a lot more long-term opportunities by just going in with this like idea that you're going to shake as many hands as possible and have conversations with people. Right. And so I think spending time a figuring out what the platform is all about and creating positive um, investing, like positive energy into other people. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know John Hall. He's the author of. Um, uh, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. He's going to top of mind. Top of mind. <laughs> it's funny that I'm struggling to figure yes, out his top, book, of mind, yes. top of mind. Gosh. Um, but he blew my mind the first time I met him. And I'm sure other people will say the same thing because during that conversation, you know, you're so used to when you're networking with people, them talking about themselves, what they do, what they have to offer. And one of the, the first things that he said to me after I told him about myself was, how can I, how can I be helpful to you? How can I help you like achieve some of those goals? Is there anything that I can do there? And it, I, I was like shocked. Like I didn't know how to answer that even because we become so used to constantly asking people for other things. And I learned in that moment that the more that you ask that question or you give a great, away great content, um, or you share, milestones so like for me personally people are invested in my story because i share all these milestones that i'm going through these challenges that i'm having i'm having the the things that i'm passionate about mm -hmm. that when i do need something it feels and i don't want to speak for other people but it feels good to give to people that have never asked for anything or are, are not even asking for anything. Right. So um, I think really spending that time to create that positive equity in the platform um, is always going to pay off. And it doesn't have to be a lie, you know, spend 30 minutes to an hour on LinkedIn, spend some time in your inbox, spend some time creating a post, um, maybe spend some time in the comments, kind of interacting with people there. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it makes a really big difference long-term, I think. Those are great points. Yeah. yeah. So our next section is, this is kind of fun. So Eric, talk about this a little bit. <laughs> for LinkedIn, yeah. it's fun. So <laughs> For LinkedIn, it, yeah, it's interesting. Michaela, I know that you, uh, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've done on Instagram stories, and I would say you're definitely uh, somebody I look to as to who's doing it right. But, you know, LinkedIn adding their own stories and now, you know, just a matter of months ago, adding the swipe up, which, you know, gives yeah. you the ability to, you know, send people to a call to action or, a, you know, a click through on a story is is huge. And so... I'm curious, though, how are you maybe doing it differently on LinkedIn or how are you doing LinkedIn stories uh, yourself or do you have any great examples of uses for LinkedIn stories? So the swipe up links and I didn't realize this when I announced that the swipe up links were available. Uh, I think it's you have to have 5000 followers minimum to be able to use them I or think have LinkedIn a page is always or use your page. Or have a, or or use your page, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, which I think is is a good idea. LinkedIn is always trying to make sure that you know the the stories, especially, don't get too spammy. I see that a lot, where people are kind of just sharing their products and services. Um, I have been using LinkedIn Stories in a a little bit, or the swipe up link in a little bit of a different way, um, in that I know that there is a benefit to having a strong personal brand 
and using that to support the growth of your company page. And so people are always asking me, like, how can I use my personal brand to increase my traffic to my company page on LinkedIn? And one of the ways that I've been doing that is by sharing these really quick tips um, LinkedIn stories are only 20 seconds, so it, it might be a minute and I just splice it using an app. And then at the end of that, I'll ask people, Hey, if you want to like, if you want more of like these kinds of tips, I actually have a company page. Here's a link. Swipe up. Um, and that goes to my LinkedIn page. Now you could do the same thing if you want to get them into a funnel and things like that. But if you're trying to increase the traffic and you have even like, think about it, if you have a thousand people on your personal brand, that still helps with visibility of a company page that you're trying to grow. So that's that's something that I've been experimenting with a little bit there. Um, LinkedIn stories still need a little bit of work. I will admit that <laughs> I love stories in general, but there are definitely some things that are missing still from the platform. And I'll tell you a couple of them. Number one, when it comes to stories on, on Instagram, and Instagram, I'm I, just full disclosure, I am not strategic on there. I just really love like creating and building a tight knit community on there. And, and you'll notice that my stories are very conversational. I ask a lot of questions. I tell people to send me a private message. And so my inbox is always full on, on Instagram stories. So I went into the, the uh, LinkedIn stories with the same mindset of, okay, just send me a message, DM me or, or private message me or let me know what you think. And so many people are like, Michaela, I can't send you a message because they were following me and they weren't connected to me. So I think that has got to change because people are using email credits to mm. tell me that they can't message me, which is like, oh gosh, I'm like, I can't believe you wasted it on me. But, um, but we've got to change that so it's more conversational because that's really the whole point of LinkedIn stories. The other thing is that on Instagram stories, polls are really big. It's a really great way to have people stay engaged and interact with your stories without just kind of like sitting back and consuming it, where LinkedIn stories doesn't have that feature yet. Um, so I'm also waiting for that. And it also is, um, you can mention people, which is great, but you can't mention pages. So that's another one that I'm like, waiting for um it's also not available on desktop so it's kind of like let's just think of it as like instagram stories at the very very beginning um which isn't bad because i think that there's a lot more growth that can happen there but i think um definitely trying to at least make it conversational if you don't have the same problems as me like None of this is actually relevant, right? If you have, say, like a thousand followers and those followers are also your connections, like this isn't an issue, right? You can still ask people to send you a private message. It's only if you are on LinkedIn, like you guys probably have more followers than you do connections. So that's where it might be an issue if you're more of like kind of a, a, a public, I don't know how to say that, like public figure, like I don't want to say influencer, but like if you right. are in the public environment um at all then you might have that issue but um yeah I, I think definitely inviting conversation is the best way to use it so i want to talk to you a little bit more about that so when they when they first launched linkedin stories a linkedin product manager you know suggested that the format would be great for encouraging conversations on the platform so you said it was kind of <laughs> awkward because people are de they're they're trained on instagram to so, dm you yeah yeah and so do you have to retrain them i mean what are, are you know are you are you changing your strategy over on yeah. LinkedIn stories or, or how are you getting traction on there? Um, I'm just making the questions more irresistible. So mm. like on Instagram stories, it might be like, I don't know what's a, a great example, but like, you know, 
um, what's your favorite color, beige or white? I would never ask that as a question, but let's just say it's just these like casual questions that I ask throughout the workday versus LinkedIn. I'll ask things like, um, I was trying to choose Kurt. Okay. This also sounds really boring, but people really like giving their opinions on things. Let's be honest. Right? Right. So I I'm using this website where you can actually get like custom blackout curtains created. And because I film, or I do Zoom calls right in front of my window, I was looking for something really bold and colorful um, created by a designer that I can put behind there. Um, and so I gave people four different options and I asked them to send me their favorite, like number one, number two, number three, or number four. And people freaking loved that, <laughs> even if they had to send me an in-mail credit. And that's something that's really important to remember on LinkedIn, that when we're in that like work mode, we like to feel important. We like to feel like our voice is heard, um, especially when you're not around other people and you're not getting those pats on the back, right? So when people ask you for your opinion on something rather than a question necessarily, um, it tends to get a, a greater response on LinkedIn. So that's just something that I keep in mind just to not constantly put out these like kind of casual questions, but really focus on those times that I need advice. And it's like fun advice too. Um, and ask people to send me a message that way. Gotcha. So the other question I wanted to, to, sw to swipe back on this, this sw swipe back on the swipe up is, um, uh, is LinkedIn <laughs> noted that <laughs> swipe some way they, they noted that the swipe up feature. And we talked about this on is only available to LinkedIn pages. And I went and this is a relatively social media news live has a relatively new page on LinkedIn and I had it, or you have to have 5,000 connections and right. uh, have the, and you have to have the follow button as the primary action on their profile instead of connect. So right. besides being able to use the swipe up feature, what is the rationale behind changing mm. your call to action from connect to follow? Because this, this is an old thing. It rolled back in, it was back in 2018, but I don't know really the difference in why we should change it or use it. Um, okay. So you can have a maximum of 30,000 connections. So when you hit that limit, um, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a content creator of any type, I mean, think about like on Twitter, Instagram, like all these places, like that can happen really quickly. Um, you really have no choice. And so before there was that option to change your button, I what there's really nothing I could do, right? People would send me a connection request. I couldn't actually tell them um, that I couldn't accept their connection request, nor would I be able to even execute that anyways, because I think at one point I had 30,000 pending connection requests in my inbox. So it just wouldn't have been possible. So when that option to change that button to follow came out, that was actually really great for me because that's what people were trying to do. They just wanted to be able to be notified when my content was available so they could see it in their feed. Um, it really didn't matter if they connected or followed. And I think most people are like that. And a lot of people actually don't even know the difference between a follow versus a connection. Um, so that that is a, the, the biggest thing. I've also worked with politicians. And that is also important, right? They want to um, kind of communicate with the people that they serve, but they don't necessarily need to get into the nitty gritty in their inbox on LinkedIn. Um, and so that follow button is also really helpful there. So it's really, if you 
are or you plan to be a content creator or if you're an influencer on you know if you're a, U- a big youtuber or you're big on instagram or in other spaces if you're an author if you're any sort of public figure um chances are you want more people to follow you than connect with you the other reason why and i know all this sounds very harsh but linkedin inboxes are notoriously terrible and nice. they've introduced some new features that have helped people kind of sort through their messages, but it's still not very good, right? There's still no real way to sort between, um, you know, pitches, um, spam, and those really important messages. So if I could go back in time, I would actually accept a lot fewer connection requests because a lot of those people ended up spamming me right away. And then, you know, I forgot about it. And there's still a connection of mine where it's just kind of taking up space in my inbox that could otherwise be somebody that I could really truly connect with. So um, it's more of like a strategic play than anything. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of like tricky to explain the difference. No, that was great because I was very confused, but that gives me an idea kind of moving forward. By the way, before we get to the next and our final news item, I wanted to make sure that if you guys are interested in how I'm doing this, switching cameras, this awesome stuff that we're doing, this show could not be uh, made possible without the super awesome software called Ecamm. It allows you to switch screens. It's uh, Mac-based, but it allows you to do all these really cool things you're seeing switching screens pulling up lower thirds all that stuff if you'd like to find out more go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam that's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam e-c-a-m-m and uh, tell them that jeff sent you anyway all right let's go on to our 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 final uh, segment here and eric go ahead and uh, break this down for us yeah. So uh, to keep on that train of talking about stories here on LinkedIn. So at the end of 2020, LinkedIn announced that it's testing some new ways for marketers to use store the stories format to reach and engage audiences in new ways. And obviously one of those new ways is going to be through stories ads. So it's testing stories ads with a limited number of advertisers in a closed beta. But then this week, LinkedIn's parent company, Microsoft, announced that LinkedIn's ad business is on the rise and that it saw a major boost last quarter of 2020 and that the, you know, it, it, that basically it accounted for more than a third of LinkedIn's total revenue. That's huge. That's huge. So, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's pretty big news. Um, and some of the other details here about those story ads that basically stories ads um, at the time of the reporting that uh, story ads can help brands grow their reach with community of more than 722 million members with video and image ads. I know for me, um, LinkedIn ads in the feed, as well as stories ads are the ones that get me every single time. Those are the ones that I stop and look at more than any other platform. So I'm curious uh, what you think of this. Yeah, I think I I love the idea in theory. And I know (laughs) that story ads work on other platforms. I'm a big sucker for them, too. Um, Those are actually the only ones that I pay attention to. I think that and this is not like trying to, you know, plug myself here. But I think that there's got to be a lot more training for for companies on LinkedIn. And I know that there's just been this boom in new companies that have created these LinkedIn pages. But I, I still notice that there's a lot of uh, work still to be done to get people out of this mindset of, I mean, a lot of these companies that are creating pages come from the, the era of, um, especially B2B companies, 
you know, you, you take out a, a billboard ad or you, you uh, spend a ridiculous amount of money for a Yellow Pages ad and that's how you advertise to people. And so their LinkedIn page has really become basically an extension of their newsletter. And there, that is not, you know, to say everybody's like that. There are mm -hmm. some companies that are doing a really great job. One of them that I, I constantly mention is Gong. Um, it's a small company. They are absolutely crushing it on LinkedIn. But if you look at how they are using the platform, they're really focused on community, just building a community. They very rarely talk about their products. It's more of a, a service hub where uh, salespeople can go and, and learn more about how to improve their skill. And, and their software is kind of like that next step of, of how they can do that. Um, Whole Foods is another great example of, you know, just spotlighting their employees to attract new talent. Um, so I think that before we even talk about story ads, A, companies have to get really good at organic content because no matter how much money you put on a story ad, if the imagery is not compelling to people, it's not going to make any real difference. So um, really focus on creating a community using tools that already exist like polls is another great way to figure out what people actually want um, and then I think LinkedIn story ads are gonna be awesome like that that might be something that I might explore the only issue with with ads in general on LinkedIn is that they're so expensive mm. um, but I certainly see the value of being able to target people so um, so well on the platform. And I think that's a brand new, way. I, I really like the idea because, um, I, I mean, even with like the, I think that they have like the inbox ad, um, and I've seen those, I'm not a huge fan of them. I haven't seen any that I've been inclined to click on, but a story that's 20 seconds might also force people or companies and brands to learn how to be more concise and compelling with their content, um, which is what I'm hoping for. I, I hope I see successful LinkedIn story ads. So I want to I want to circle back because you said something really, really key that I think I know for me, I haven't done it because of this is the number one thing we hear about LinkedIn's is their ads are they're too expensive. So so There's tell that. us what we should know about LinkedIn ads. How can like an individual like me or a solopreneur or even a small business, let's say like a flower shop with these smaller yeah. ad budgets, can should they and can they get started with LinkedIn ads? No, I mean, AJ is like the expert, the right. go-to expert when it comes to LinkedIn ads. And I think the last time that I talked to him, he was saying you should have a lifetime value of, of 15000 It might be more than that now, um, but they're expensive. I mean, it's like I'm talking 7 to $8 a click. Um, so I'm, I'm not a candidate for LinkedIn ads as of yet. Um, maybe that will change in the future. Now, AJ does say that if you want to experiment with LinkedIn ads, to use whatever imagery, whether it's a video, photo, all of that stuff on other platforms first that are cheaper and figure out what works best and then bring that over to LinkedIn. So if you are a kind of like an in-between company where um, you do have a high lifetime value, but it's not you know quite what... AJ recommends, mm -hmm. but you really want to try LinkedIn story ads, my recommendation would be to try that ad on somewhere else like Facebook or on Instagram. Um, I think Twitter has, has stories as well too. Try it on different platforms, um, put a little bit of money on it and figure out what works before you dive into LinkedIn because it gets really expensive really quick. 
Yeah, it does. So I want to pull up some uh, comments before we start wrapping things up. This says awesome information from the LinkedIn queen. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming in. Let's see. We're talking about, you know, being focused and been working social media for 11 years, learned to really focused and split my time between those different things. But here's a great question from Lisa. She goes, what are some tips from, for a nonprofit organizations on LinkedIn? You mentioned doing a great job. Some of those uh, companies you mentioned do really good job organically because ads are so expensive. So what are some ideas for nonprofits? Okay. So, um, I can actually answer this because I've worked with not, uh, we call it them not-for-profits in Canada. So it always is like, right, blah, blah, right, like yeah. a little bit of, <laughs> yeah. um, but I worked for, with ta- uh, Habitat for Humanity a few years ago. And one of the, the things that we really focused on was telling the stories of um, the volunteers. So number one, kind of like starting with why they got involved, right? Because there are people that, um, you know, like look at Jimmy Carter. He's like the perfect example, right? He's been like associated with Habitat for Humanity for who yeah. knows how long, right? Longer than my lifetime. And, but like, and a lot of times they, they'll focus on things like that, but why? Like, where did that desire come from? Because there are so many nonprofits that you can work with, but why do you choose to spend your time particularly with that organization? And a lot of times, like, these are like, very heartfelt reasons that people decide to give up their time and energy to, to work with these, um, organizations. Um, you know, like there's, uh, there's one, uh, not prop, not for, pro- oh gosh, you guys are <laughs> killing me. I'm so Canadian right now. There's, there's a nonprofit that I worked with, which is, um, like a cancer support center. And a lot of the, um, volunteers either had somebody, uh, in their family or a friend that um, dealt with or passed away from cancer or uh, is a cancer survivor themselves. And so those stories were really important to spotlight. Um, and then also the the end result, you know, the transformation, the before and after, but also the people that are directly impacted by um, the volunteers' efforts, right? Because if you're trying to reach donors, we, we like tend to think that we make all these very logical, calculated decisions, but really and truly our decisions, you know, big and small come from our heart, right? We, we buy houses, but we, we work with the realtor that, that gets us or understands the neighborhood. And so everything is driven by emotion. And so even if you're speaking to donors, which you think is like very, um, kind of calculated and logical, those people are still going to spend money um, or volunteer their own time based on how they feel about uh, the story of the organization. So really telling those stories and focusing on the people uh, that make the organization what it is, uh, I think is really, really key. I'm trying to think of anything else that we did there. I think LinkedIn stories would be another great avenue for for nonprofits. Um, That certainly could be really, really cool, especially for companies like Habitat for Humanity, where you actually go through a building process and you can show the behind the scenes of like, okay, this is day two. Uh, We're breaking ground today. I think actually showing that journey from like, there's nothing here to this is a house to I, I gave myself marketing goosebumps. I'm such a dork. <laughs> oh my God. You've come up with but all these like, ideas. But like actually seeing a family walk through the, the door, that's, that's where the emotion comes from, right? Like that whole journey. And so finding ways to do that, 
um, I think would actually be more more powerful than the before and after, right? Because if you're actually invested in like, okay, this is day 23 and look, we've got the windows done and you can actually feel like you are part of the action. I feel like you're more going to be more inclined to actually donate next time. Oh, I think that's genius. So, I mean, if you guys haven't figured it out, Michaela knows her stuff. And like uh, Don says from over on LinkedIn watching us, he goes, he totally got it wrong. I figured Facebook and Instagram would be the place for me, but I got so much more engagement on LinkedIn and also Twitter. So you never know where it's going to happen. So if you haven't tried LinkedIn for a while, you need to go do this. But Michaela, thank you so much for all the knowledge bombs you dropped today. But where can people find out more about Michaela Alexis? Uh, well, definitely on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Michaela. It's Michael with an A. I'm the old school Michaela. Um, uh, Alexis is my last name. My company page is where you can find all of the LinkedIn training and tips and tricks and all that good stuff. It's um, very confusingly the same thing. So Michaela Alexis, but you'll notice a little pink logo uh, for the company page. My website is mickalexis.com. You can find me on Instagram. Just just be be prepared for you know linkedin is like my nine to five and then my instagram is after hours so be prepared <laughs> for that it's uh at mick alexis and then i'm also on instagram or not on instagram on tiktok with the best handle which is linkedin queen and that's where i will um choose followers and uh give reviews of their linkedin profiles on tiktok Awesome. Awesome. Eric, where can people who want to find out more about you, your podcast, Agora Pulse, where do they need to go to find out more about all things Eric Fisher? Yeah, real quick. Just go to beyond the to-do list.com for the podcast. Check out the social media manager school at social media manager school.com. That's where you can get training for you and your team for free on social media. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for your questions today. Thank you, Michaela, so much for being here. Our next show is on Friday, February 12th, 2021 at 11 p.m. 11 p.m. 11 a.m. at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can find us at Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thank you so much for Michaela, and thank you to Eric for being here. Don't forget, this is now a podcast. You can find us on Google, uh, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, all the places you get your podcasts. We would love for you guys to go there and give us a rating and review. And with that, I'm Jeff C., and I will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.